0: Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. We are joined by our old friend Rachel Semmel. She'll be here from the Center for Renewing America as we kick off the Dace group here in a matter of moments. Your weekly look at the week that was. Don't forget as well. Next hour, we'll get into feedback Friday when we respond to your responses to us, and we always look forward to that. We have a lot to get to here on the Days Group in just a matter of moments. Before we do, let me remind you, fellas, if you're a little bit nervous about the, the receding hairline, the loss of hair, or... You want to head that off at the past to make sure that uh, you don't have to be nervous about that later. You want to keep the hair you already have. Make sure you talk to our friends over at Keeps, K-E-E-P-S, because over at Keeps, they can help you do exactly that. And they'll keep it on the down low with discretion. It'll all be online where you'll talk to a licensed physician. You'll hand over a few pics of your hair that'll help guide them on which FDA-approved treatment is right for you. And then you'll get the generic version so that you save money and then they do it all online uh, to make it convenient. It's delivered right to your door for discretion. And then they offer you more savings to get you started. Half off your first order when you go to keeps.com slash grow. That's keeps.com slash grow. And now, without further ado, it is time for the day's Group. Your weekly look at the week that was begins, as it always does, with Bleep, Lord, Nefarious Says.
0: Birds tell us. Birds tell us that the world is changing. That the climate is changing. They sing it over us. You eating
2: this pride well if you're a top it seems like you can eat whatever you want but if you're a bottom you're expected to starve not this pride introducing the bottom friendly menu from postmates
3: pride is back at the white house
2: (laughs) what age did you know that you were gay i think at like 10 i knew that i
4: I think at 10, but I wasn't like, I wasn't clear on my gender. Yeah, I I think it, it was around like 10 as well when I, st- I started questioning if I was bi. And then since then it was kind of like a, a slippery slope because I kept, I was like, am I bi, omni, lesbian? And then I, I kind of like came to the point, and now recently I've been like, am I pan? But then I like, I think now I'm starting to realize that I'm queer. Looking for a way to talk to your kids about being transgender, non-binary, or even cisgender? Check out my new video. You might feel like a boy. You might feel like a girl. You might feel like both boy and girl, or like neither. You might feel like your gender changes from day to day, or from year to year. You might feel that none of these words describe you perfectly. You might not be sure yet. Maybe you're still figuring it out.
0: Teen-year-old Rylan Whittington is a typical Southern California teenager. And the Whittingtons, along with mom Hillary, dad Jeff and sister Brinley, are a typical family. The only difference though, in Ryland's eyes, is what this family can mean to the tens of thousands of kids under 18 who identify as transgender. That
4: makes a lot of people very hesitant to get on board with anything that renders a penalty and confiscates people's firearms uh, you know, before they're even able to address the judge? Because these are ex parte orders. So these most of the time, people don't even know what's happening. What assurances can you, can you give us that this would never happen since we're apparently undoing our framework?
3: Well, Dana, you're exactly right. I mean, we've seen repeated examples of the government abusing its authority, and you, you mentioned a few of them. Uh, The the best thing we can do, I think, from the legislative branch is try to be very specific and and clear about what we are trying to do here, and so it leaves very little room for interpretation. For myself, I'm comfortable with the framework, and if the legislation ends up (coughs) reflecting what the framework uh, indicates,
4: I'll be... Supportive number two, we can hold this administration accountable. We also have the power of the purse that means reining in this reckless spending, that means passing a balanced budget, and it also means making sure that we have fiscal and monetary policy that's focused on again ramping down this historic inflation.
3: I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives.
0: What
4: is the White House? What is the latest update the White House has received on the current inf- formula situation across the country? Yeah, let me see if I have anything new for you on that. Uh, I think it's been a couple of days since we have asked to ask that question. Okay. I don't have anything new.
1: Very reassuring. All right. First question here, what was the absolute best or worst of the worst that Aaron just highlighted? And Rachel, we begin with you as the guest. Go ahead.
5: It was hard to watch all those pride videos in the last week or two. Uh, Aaron's sh- 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 montage showed quite a few of them. Some of the the parade, for example, he showed there in D.C. But watching these drag queen uh, hours happening across the country over the last week, and then I don't know, if, I don't know if it made the montage, but watching some of these children who were shocked or crying or trying to turn away, and their parents right. grabbing their faces and trying to force yeah. them to watch—that yep. was that was the worst for me. It was so sad and so heartbreaking to watch the direct ramifications of the child abuse unfold i think it has to be the pride stuff for me
1: i I have to tell you and this is where i'm just an emotionally immature and stunted man i I can't process that in any way other than seething levels of anger like i i want to be like saddened i am not I am things I probably shouldn't say on blaze TV. Seething levels of anger. That's what I am. And I, I don't know how else to process what Rachel just described. I mean, that's. And that's why I came in in the mood I was in on Monday after watching that unfold and witnessing that. And asking myself. Who's gonna fight for those kids? Who's gonna advocate for them? Apparently nobody. Todd, what would you like to highlight this week?
0: Well, it is a variation on what Rachel said there about making the kids look at it. You know, there's always been a red light uh district, uh, sexually speaking, in in, in every culture. It but it it is the Normalization that comes from the uh what was she uh a preschool teacher who read yep. who read the book she she, she looks like
2: <clears throat> she's not she doesn't have purple hair no
0: she looks like every teacher you've ever seen right right you know uh, it, the, <clears throat> the, the voice it, it sounds very nurturing and 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 that is what's taking the red light district and making it Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, within homes and schools. These, as Steve says, these these Karens from the cul-de-sac, who are the ones doubling and tripling down during the Biden. They're they're still with them, and it's because of of this. They are so given over spiritually to this craven flat Earth. It, it's it's truly remarkable how their their needs at the deepest possible level are being fed they're not being fooled they want this
1: so i want to bring this up because we have a woman on the panel and one i've known for a long time so i i think that it's safe for us to have this conversation rachel um even though you have no idea what it's about to be okay
5: Every conversation with
1: you is always safe, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Depending on your what your definition of the word safe is, yes, indeed. So one of the things we have talked about on our show is the highest virtue in our society today as we become more statist. There is no th- such thing as a secular society. You will either have a godly one or a godlessness, a godless one. And if you have a godless one, then you will have a, a statist society. In a statist society, whether that's a dictator, whether that's an oligarchy, whether that is um, a politburo, whether it still has democratic machinations, in a statist society, compliance becomes the highest virtue. We've been talking about this a lot recently Mm -hmm. on the show, right? So it's not merit. It's not compassion. It's not justice. It's not truth. Compliance is. And... Since you went there with your answer and we have a woman on the panel, let's, I want to see if this is a fair connection to the dots or it's way out of bounds. All right. Women, by the way, they are, they, they are wired. Are more relational driven creatures. That does not mean as men, we don't crave relationship, but, and it doesn't mean as women, you don't crave significance. It just means the priority order tends to be in reverse. Women tend to put relationship over significance and men tend to put significance over relationship. Is that fair? Or at least that's traditionally how it's worked throughout, you know, human societies, particularly in the West. But now that we have a society that compliance is the ultimate virtue. And if you are a relationally driven creature. I, I do you see where I'm going with this? The idea that Karen in the cul-de-sac is just going to continue to embrace this stuff because that's the, that embrace and the return and acknowledgement of your compliance and the virtue you receive from it is key to maintaining the, the relationship that you desire and demand. Similar to how men have done all kinds of destructive things to their countries and their cultures and their families in search of significance. You see where I'm going mm-hmm. with this? And and I and I then you see that the women who defy this and this is what we saw throughout the course of COVID and we see now whether it's school board meetings or etc. The the women who defy this actually are going to are going to be like the black widow aggressors, like the mama bear, absolute aggressors, and those are the ones we have seen that have actually, unfortunately, beaten the men to the fight in a lot of these issues. Okay, but. Am I, am, is this going anywhere, Rachel? Do you understand at all as a woman what I am trying to observe here? And is there any merit to it whatsoever?
5: Yeah, I do. And I don't don't know if this is what you were trying to say, but I remember watching the DC Pride Parade video. I think it was the top of the montage this weekend when it happened. I mostly was watching it over and over to see if I knew anybody in the crowd so I could quickly unfriend them on Facebook. But while I was watching people in the crowd, I was shocked to see how many moms were there. And then you saw a video happen uh, yesterday or pop up yesterday of a drag queen and had a a baby in her arms. and It was a grandma and that Mm -hmm. grandma looked just like mine. It was like an 80 year old grandma Mm -hmm. who was just coddling her little child and she was laughing in a Part of it, and I can't fathom how. And again, you're talking to somebody who, although I'm not a mom, I authority is something that I, I don't have a healthy relationship with. So I would be on the other end. But I can't imagine how you love and care for somebody, and you that somehow, on the parabola of your life uh, views, that does not supersede the right. desire to be compliant or fit in at your local coffee's drag show uh, competition. I don't, I don't understand that.
1: Yeah.
2: All right, Aaron, pardon the digression. You're next. Go ahead. No, this was actually kind of a, a conversation. Uh, Todd and I you know, um, randomly just talked before you get in. Um, and I, I said, I, I keep catching myself. I keep catching myself saying some form of the natural law has to, has to take over here. Somehow we have to find some sort of a plumb line. Somehow the rubber band has to snap back. Know it flippin' doesn't when we see this level of evil. When we see this level of evil, sometimes we're just going to break the rubber band. I think that's what we're heading towards if we're not already there. The breaking of that rubber band, it's not snapping back. At least not really soon. And another indication of that, I, I think the most heartbreaking part of the montage today is the two women that Savannah Hernandez, that independent journalist who, by the way, uh, kind of um, moved on into doing this man-on-the-street interviewing thing and her thanks for doing that. And she's gotten a lot of great interviews like that. She got banned, right? for doing that is getting banned by three, yeah. uh, three separate occasions on Twitter. Uh, so she's, uh, if you can find her somewhere, Savannah Hernandez is her name. But inter- interviewing those two young women who probably weren't more than, what, 14, 15 years old? Yep. Saying that... Uh, saying that they find out that they were gay when they were ten, I, I just—it's just heartbreaking. I, I just, as a dad of it, two daughters, I want to hurt. I know the people it's, who it, did that. It's to heartbreaking. Them. You heard that one uh, young woman say, "You know, it was just a slippery slope from there." I—I I don't know what else you can say. Listening to both of those, they—they they sound like they sound like normal uh, young women, but you can hear there is nothing but just isolation isolation and heartbreak there and um we have to remember that as well it's easy when you see the uh artificially enlarged uh male uh boobs dancing around at the uh, dc pride parade twerking in front of kids to just have the instinct of wanting to crush that and you should but at the heart as well this is this is a virus that is that is devastating young people And there is Mm. we we still need to remember we got to have compassion for that. Um, Compassion balanced with justice for for those who are flaunting it and and the ones who are who are groomers.
1: Thank you. Well said on a scale of one to ten, with one being the odds that Fauci is truly thankful for his four pokes that failed him. And ten being the odds that Lindsey Graham is quite thankful for all the pokes he can get. Rate this week's level of total depravity, Rachel.
5: One. One being the worst, because I think that's worse than number 10.
1: All right, Todd. 10. Aaron. 10. I don't have to tell you folks how bad things are getting out there. That's why you want to go and check out our friends over at My Patriot Supply. Even JP Morgan's CEO is saying, uh, brace yourselves. Companies now doing preemptive layoffs. Tesla, for example, run by the richest man in the world, just announced some of that recently. Um, just make sure you have the peace of mind of knowing that when the food supply chain, uh, ends up getting wrecked, we're not even asking if this is going to happen now, but when looking at the stuff we're saying, make sure you're prepared with the, uh, the 90 day emergency food kit from our friends at my Patriot supply three months of food. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, even snacks and drinks every day for you and everyone in your care. 2,000 plus calories, so everybody will be well nourished and taken care of. And you'll have the peace of mind of knowing. That you have done your job to take care of them. And right now, uh, you can take advantage of it with free delivery, and they'll give it to you for $150 off as well. $150 off and free delivery if you go to my page at preparewithdace.com. That's D E A C E for preparewithdace.com. Let's get to issue two Biden demands that big oil
2: bail him out. The White House went after oil companies this week, trying to lay the blame of historic and rising gas prices at their feet.
3: Exxon made more money than God this year. And by the way, nothing's changed. And they're not, by the way, one thing I want to say about the oil companies, they talk about how we have, they have 9,000 permits to drill. They're not drilling. Why aren't they drilling? Because they make more money not producing more oil. The price goes up, number one.
2: Biden sent a letter to oil CEOs also this week telling them they must produce more oil and threatening them if they don't lower costs. Of course, the Biden administration has done anything but make drilling for oil and expanding production easier for oil companies. But you'd think oil companies would be going to the mattresses, pushing and pulling every single lever of influence they have to try to make that so. And aside from the occasional clapback at the White House, we're not seeing that happening.
1: This reminds me in the Obama years when we were doing on the right, we were doing the drill baby drill and Republicans were uh, chasing Democrats out of Congress because they refused to open up more drilling at the time. And I made the observation at that time where Exxon Mobil's running ads all over my TV screen about its green energies program, where, where, where are its lobbyists demanding that they want to drill baby drill? I'm not sure there's a good guy in this story, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay just terrible people doing terrible things um terribly Dang uh, it, as we geez. used to say
2: that's what i was going to lead off my comments <laughs> okay
1: with. but let I, i'm curious on uh, because the 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 oil companies aren't really di- politically directly responsible here um because you have policies from this White House where they said, I mean, Biden said this in the last debate of 2020, that they, they were going to end the oil industry. He just openly said it. I remember Trump's reaction was like, wow, that's a hell of a thing to say. I think it's what Trump said. So on one hand, you have this administration that's been very honest that it wants to end our reliance on oil. And then on the other hand, now it is demanding more from the oil companies. How are these messages reconcilable? What, what is the game plan here, Todd?
0: Well, i love the demand for charity when none will be offered by uh the woke mob on any level as you just said it's always about compliance and now here but they they do the right thing like what what is the plumb line for doing the right thing where where is that to aaron's point about the rubber band you you we just saw the montage i mean how do you uh, just be go raw power on us Clen- clench the fist but like appealing to basic levels of human decency it's it's utterly absurd for anybody on the left to do that anymore furthermore yeah it, it, we don't need to uh in any way lionize uh oil companies uh and say that uh they they are as pure as the driven so and don't care about profit to say like it permits or no permits this Drilling for oil, as that picture just showed, there's some apparatus involved in this thing. You, you, you know, there's some outlaying of uh, means, technology. What what incentive do they have right now in this very, very unstable market where they are being told that they are killing the earth, per the bird woman, man, yep. whatever? Yes. At the beginning of the montage, they do this now temporarily. Where does it go next year? The year after Yeah, they're that? the
1: devil again next year, is what you're saying. Yes, this yeah. is
0: chaos. They they can't move forward in all of this. It, it they to to their shareholders it would be irresponsible in many many ways. They're basically slitting their own throats. There is when chaos is the order of business on every front by this administration. This isn't just this. Oil has nothing to do. Fundamentally, with any of this, it has to do with the planned uh, great reset, the unsettling, the unmooring on every single level of human society.
1: Forgive me, I I never had seen this before, but but this is Tucker Carlson's Twitter bio. <laughs> Emmy award-winning broadcast journalist, graduate of Harvard and Yale Law School, frequent visitor to the Aspen Institute, fully vaccinated. They theirs with a the Ukrainian flag. That's phenomenal. Okay, that's absolutely phenomenal. But all your points are good. Furthermore, um, you know we take a lot of heat from conservatives around the country for the amount of subsidies for the uh, the biofuels industry in our state, mm-hmm. and it's all deserved. And I mean, I worked with um, someone in that industry a few a few summers ago to end those subsidies and and demands actually, and make it a free market model. Okay. But do you know who is just as subsidized, if not more so? Oh, big oil is. Yeah. So on what? So so not only on the on the political and competitive and fiduciary angle that you just laid out, is there no incentive for them to push? Right. But just on a straight straight up gravy train model. What, what incentives do they have? They have I mean, this is what happens when you divorce yourself from any semblance of market realities and everything is just managed this is what happens who are the good guys who are the bad guys there's no objective standard by which to determine this other than who's cutting me the check and that's who the good guy and the bad guy the good guy is or the bad guy is that's my
0: fundamental point this really doesn't have anything to oil it's an unmooring from reality this one is a market reality we just got done with gender it's on every level and that's the point the lie is the point rachel
1: what do you think
5: yeah. Oil companies, I agree with you. They, they have had a let's get eaten last mentality because they can afford to. So while they're running the like, let's find green algae and save the Norwals campaigns, they know that Capitol Hill will treat, Republicans will treat them like a the chamber mm-hmm. and just do whatever they can for them. But aside from that, if you remember two years ago, Biden told energy, uh, fossil fuel CEOs, he wanted to throw them in prison. So they're probably not much uh, interested in helping him. So then he takes away every meaningful, uh, ability for them to do their jobs. Again, I'm not saying, I'm not defending them. And then what I got a kick out of yesterday was them saying, it's your patriotic duty to lower gas prices while Biden's patriotic duty is to go beg Saudi Arabia for more oil. And then they got mad at them yesterday again because they said, listen, uh, stop using the war on Ukraine as a reason to hike up prices while calling it the Putin price hike. So it's comedy on all ends and nobody is the bad guy or the good guy here. And I completely agree with you. But to the point of uh, who, How does this shake out? Like, where do we go from here? I don't think there is an answer because nobody's going to give an inch.
2: Aaron. So, yeah, terrible people doing terrible things to other people terribly. Uh, Other terrible people terribly, I should say. And, um, you know, I I think the major uh, blame, if there is here, goes to the administration for not, you know, if they're serious about this now, that they need to, that they're pressuring oil companies, if they're serious about that, then uh, why not, why not open up, just call their bluff, open up every possible measure. But they're not serious about that. Now, oil companies as well, are they non-profit entities No, they're not. So then what are Are, they? Do they have a lobbyist in Washington? They do have a lobbyist or two, I think, in in Washington. They are for-profits. They are for-profit ventures. We have not reached a point of demand destruction quite yet. I think we will at some point demand destruction. I think generally uh, means that uh, the, the the price point of something like a commodity is commodity is so high that people just look for alternatives or just stop using that whatsoever. But if they so are so a successful cloud and pivoting, yeah. yeah. If they are looking for if they are looking for profits. You know, eventually they're going to get to the point where they'd rather sell uh, two gallons of gas at three dollars a gallon than one gallon of gas at five dollars a gallon, because that's going to be more profitable. But they haven't reached that point yet. So there's really no incentive for them to keep uh, drilling for oil or expanding production whatsoever. And I'll put this on there as well, kind of a la what uh, Todd and Rachel were saying. If I, were, if I were just an unmoored, just total Gordon Gecko style business executive working for an oil company, I would cut production. Y'all think you can threaten our entire industry? Let's see who the real player is here. Mm. That's us. Right. That's us. We're going to keep cutting it. We're going to keep cutting and cutting and cutting until you beg for forgiveness, until you come kiss our feet. That's what I would do. But they're not doing that. So, yeah, it's a rock in rock the hard place right now. There is nowhere that this goes other than up until the point that people just literally cannot afford gas.
1: Along the lines of what you were just saying, think about all the leverage we are losing with foreign oil producers with this complete fallacy of our domestic oil production that we are now exposing. Right. I mean. you've got the Biden administration saying we won't open up any more lands, but we demand you drill more. We've got the oil company saying, well, you know, we're not even lobbying to drill more and what's our incentive to do it anyway? I mean, (laughs) if you're the Saudis, what, and all these, and these foreign governments that we want to, to, you know, expand their production to lower our prices, what, what leverage do we have with them? We just, we just gave all that leverage away with our own, Domestic political situation. We're basically an oil welfare state, essentially. Right? I'm not arguing with you. Let's get to the exit question. And it's a simple true or false. You, You have a few seconds to elaborate on it if you would like. True or false. The average price of gas in America, it's over $5 a gallon right now. The average price of gas in America will reach $8 a gallon by election day. True or false. Todd. False, narrowly. False, narrowly. Okay. Rachel, what do you think?
5: I think it's true. We're about 650 right here in Washington. And uh, the president of the United States is the one who was the vice president when when Obama said he wants prices to necessarily skyrocket. So they're loving every single minute of this. And I don't think $8 a gallon would bother them. I think they know they're going to get sloshed in the midterms and they don't care. They're going whole hog.
1: See that's been what we've talked about on our show the last couple of weeks. Is if their Trash numbers no are, are so yeah. low, then that would, they have their judgment proof. They'll just do whatever the hell they want mm-hmm. then, because they know it's already a lost cause. Aaron,
5: why stop now? That should be the new slogan for their for twenty twenty four. Why you
1: stop go. now?
2: There you go. I'm with Todd. False narrowly.
1: False narrow. See, I think the only thing that will stop ten dollars by the by the end of the year is winter. I'm a true. I think the only thing that will stop ten dollars by the end of the year is the winter time, just because people will travel less during that period of time. All right, when we come back, um, I'm anxious to get the answers to our kicker question this week. And the one issue that I would have told you even a week ago, even as cynical as I am, the GOP won't betray you on, they're about to betray you on. We'll get to that and more next. parents than ever before are homeschooling more parents than ever before are looking into options along those lines if you are looking for an online academy that will teach your children how to think not what to think mastery of subject matter that actually matters and not spirit of the age propaganda encourages critical thinking demands it in fact Uh, and equips your child to do exactly that, then you're looking for our friends over at Freedom Project Academy. I've known the people behind this school for several years. We fought together in the trenches against Common Core, And then I had my own son enrolled in Freedom Project Academy when he was younger as well. So I saw up close and personal just how good of a job these these guys do. They have mastered the art of online schooling at home and fully accredited online schooling at home as well. So if you're looking for options this fall, don't hesitate. They're already filling up spots already, even though it's just mid-June. Get a free information packet today when you go to freedomforschool.com. Freedom, F-O-R, freedomforschool.com. Again, that's freedomforschool.com. Let's welcome back in Rachel Semmel from the Center for Renewing America joining us for the Days Group this week. Your weekly look at the week that was. Let's get to issue three. The GOP about to cross a red line with red flags.
2: It's now 11 Republican senators who've indicated they're on board with a potential bill in response to the Uvalde, Texas, mass school shooting that would, among other things, encourage states to enact red flag laws, essentially a way for the state to deny due process to gun owners as a way of stripping them of not only their Second Amendment rights, but probably all of their rights as well. You know, if you believe a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl, that's a red flag. Texas Senator John Cornyn, the one whom Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell tapped as the Republican delegation's point man on reaching a compromise with the Democrats on gun control, Spoke with radio host Dana Lash this week.
4: What assurances does do I have and other people have that lawmakers won't abuse their power And, you know, with with because it still to me seems like a diminishment of due process. The red flag proposal, even if it's state by state and not national, it's I mean, it is what it is. Uh, But what assurances do we have? I mean, we've watched parents be called domestic terrorists and the DOJ working with Democrats and the National School Board Association. uh, They were actually wanting to use their authority to investigate these parents. We saw the IRS go after the Tea Party back in 2009, 2010. I mean, we've seen a lot of abuse of government authority just in the past 15 years since. And that makes a lot of people very hesitant to got, get on board with anything that renders a penalty and confiscates people's firearms, uh, you know, before they're even able to address the judge. Because these are ex parte orders, so these most of the time people don't even know what's happening. What assurances can you can you give us that this would never happen since we're apparently undoing our framework?
3: Well, Dana, you're exactly right. I mean, we've seen repeated examples of the government abusing its authority, and you you mentioned a few of them. Uh, the the best thing we can do, I think, for, from the legislative branch, is try to be very specific and um, and and clear about what we are trying to do here, and so it leaves very little room for interpretation uh, by the courts. Um, and again, I think you know this, some of these states have passed. Uh, red flag laws that I think are very deficient in due process. We're going to try to make clear that what we are trying to do here to provide mm. law enforcement assistance uh, cannot be interpreted as allowing anything less than a robust right. uh, due process uh, review of a constitutional right. Did
1: you hear that last line? Review. That's a senator from Texas who says a due process review of a
2: what? constitutional right
1: why would there be a due process review of a constitutional right if there's a due process review guess what it isn't guess what it isn't a right what's a due process review of a right that's not a right that is the freaking senator from texas why and how has he been your senator this long Maybe can you guys, you know, put down the bluebell for a bit down there. Pay some damn attention to who your elected representatives are. That's what Beto would say that. Due process review. And of course, who will be doing the reviewing? The judges you didn't elect. Due process review of a constitutional right. I can get that from Gavin Newsom, guys. That is the senator from Texas. Rachel, since you're the one, the only one on this panel that's actually worked in Washington, D.C., we'll start here with you. First question. This is the one issue that the GOP in Washington has drawn a red line around for a couple of decades. After Sandy Hook, they kind of flirted with it, but then realized that Obama wouldn't take any deal, so they didn't follow through. But short of that, since overturning the Brady ban uh, after the 94 Congress, um this has been the one issue they've not betrayed us on over the last couple of decades. So what does it mean now that they are poised to do so and in an election year?
5: Yeah, this does feel different for, I think, three reasons, and I'll get to those in a second. But I just love the beginning of Big John's answer when he takes a page out of the left and says, you know what we need to do here? You know why people are so upset because they don't understand enough. There's nothing like right. you know, yeah. John Cornyn mansplaining in the morning because he just can't, you know, fit, can be a better communicator. Has nothing to do with the policy. Uh, you're, you're completely right, every organization on the center-right movement in Washington for the last 25 years has been solely funded by direct mail pieces and emails. The second anybody mentions guns, they blast that out, and that's essentially what's lined the pockets of center-right movements here. Here's why I think this one feels a little different. Now, I know people will say, well, you know, Cornyn's walking away, there's still ch- there's still chance that this can be a uh, fall apart. True, but I think we still have to treat it like a live fire exercise. The list of people on this, on the Republican side, on this agreement, are the usual suspects. But there's a couple of people that aren't. I mean, in addition to Cornyn, and obviously Uncle Mitch is on there, Romney's on there. But you have senators like uh, Kennedy from Louisiana, while he has killer Jeffrey Epstein jokes. Yeah. He leaves a lot to be desired. He in is the a total fraud.
1: He's the oh latest. God, he's the new Kurt. He's, he's, he's the new. What's the guy from the South same Carolina? Same what's that? Oh. Kurt, uh, Mace, Dan Crenshaw. <laughs> oh, there's that too. But who's the Kurt, uh, uh, the all hat no cattle guy? Talks like this, but looks like an albino nerd. Who am I thinking of? The former congressman down there that's on Fox all the time. Oh, he, Gowdy. He, oh, Gowdy. He, Kurt Gowdy. He's the Trey new Gowdy. Trey Gowdy. Craig, thank you. He's the new Trey. Kurt Gowdy's a great man and broadcaster. Uh, he's the new Trey Gowdy. Is who John Kennedy is has just a bunch of quips and lines. And then just we'll turn around. Just imagine if Lindsey Graham uh, was actually likable. That's essentially John Kennedy.
5: Well, yeah, that and the fact that John Kennedy and others are not doing this massive, horrific gun bill in a void. Like, you could argue back in Sandy Hooker when you know Obama's 12 executive orders came in when the, the NRA co-signed it. We're literally two seconds off the heels of the whole COVID shutdown. And you know, granted, you have folks like Burr, on that one, on this one, but it, it feels so different because you have people that are clearly not aware of what time it is. And then the third reason I feel like it's different is because it's not just Republican senators who are completely blind to the fact that this is essentially calling on your neighbor next door who's got a Trump sign on and they immediately get their guns confiscated. It's the fact that you have center right organizations who are quote unquote storied conservative groups right. putting out statements literally after this happens saying, you know what, we might be interested in red flag laws if insert due process, which by the way, red flag red flag laws by definition are, are no there is no due process honestly what i have seen out of washington from some of these conservative groups in the last week reminds me of when oj was in jail and wrote the if i did it book and expected us all to think it was a joke like Mm -hmm. i cannot believe the fact that this is not just republican senators selling us out the whole movement has and i've just kind of woken up and saying oh wow there's no more sacred cows if the the gun donation email is not going to be coming out from you
2: Mm. aaron what say you So I think this is, and I I agree with Rachel, this is still, I I think this is going to fall apart, um, and I'll get to that, but this still needs to be treated as, as she put it, a live fire exercise. I think the one saving grace here is the radical left, because as Republicans do, they will try and beg and plead, we're trying to sell out, please let us sell out, and they will not accept that. The radical left, I know the Senate is a little bit different than the House, but I don't think they're going to accept that. I don't think they're going to accept that. The Republicans will try, as they are right now, to sell out. They're going to try to give up, surrender now before it's too late. But I don't think they're going to let them do that because the radical left, okay, you're going to give an inch? Okay, we're going to ask for another three miles. Folks, I think what Steve brought up earlier this week about, and you just mentioned it in passing, is not really about the Second Amendment, it's about the Fourth and Fifth Amendment.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We could only end up here. Look at what has been kind of on the fringe. It's made it into the mainstream a couple of times, but it's kind of remained on the fringe. I remember it growing up eminent domain. Conversations about eminent domain. And then you hear civil asset forfeiture every now and then. Um, has anything been done on those two issues? No. Of substance? No. Hmm. Hmm. So then what's to stop them that from applying to, you know, firearms if exactly. you say a uh, boy is a boy and a girl is a girl. Well, you use Nothing. terms like
1: red pill and groomer Nothing. online. You're a danger. Nothing. You've
2: been flagged. Nothing is preventing that. Yeah. So, of course, we could only end up here. And I think that was a prescient observation that this is not really about the Second Amendment. It's about the Fourth and Fifth. You'll be allowed to own a firearm if you have purple hair and you are a transgender lizard person. If you are a conservative who says Jesus is Lord, oh, no, it's off to the uh, gulag with you.
1: This isn't about confiscating your guns. It's about confiscating you. And that's five. That's There's very little surface area, Todd, between forcibly masking you and forcibly experimenting on you and then just forcing myself upon you. There's very little ground between those two things. You get the last word. Go.
0: Go. Oh, and because of what you just said, it's not about any of the amendments. It's, it's not about the Constitution at all anymore. We yeah, are post-argument. Yeah. The Constitution is an argument that was meant, and uh, we were told by the founders, to stand the test of time because it applies not just to our whims in the here and now, but to the laws of nature and nature's God. But here we have Cornyn. And Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. What was Cornyn's job before he's a senator?
1: Yeah, me on that one. I don't he's a remember. judge, right? Was he? Okay. Wasn't Cornyn
0: a judge, Rachel? I don't know. I yeah. think Cornyn was a judge. If I'm wrong about that, I but but listen, all he he doesn't care about any of these amendments, Mrs. Perk. And neither how, how long have the courts? It's always about the outcome we want now, and then we take that thing called the Constitution and try to pound the square peg into the round hole over and over and over again it's destiny that cornyn is the mouthpiece for this thing we i mean we we've been trying for the constitution to be anything other than what it actually is for a very very long time at the highest echelons of political and legal leadership and here we are and this should be easier than ever before because of covid and the usurpations because of trans uh story hour we should be able to point right Right now, if this isn't about this one shooting or the guns, but we're not going to do that because we're not about anything resembling reality on any level anywhere.
1: Exit question. There are currently 48 Republican senators with the GOP needing to get to 51 to get a majority and avoid Vice President Kamala Harris uh, being the tiebreaker. This year's Senate map will be determined in alphabetical order in the following states, Arizona, Georgia, New Hampshire, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. Republicans have to win four of those seven to get to 51. If they betray their base on guns, do they still get there this fall, Aaron? No. Todd? Yes. Rachel?
5: Sadly, yes. We don't deserve it, but yes.
1: All right. Issue four, our kicker topic. Choose your master debater here. All right. So Dinesh D'Souza has challenged Attorney General Bill Barr, former Attorney General Bill Barr, to a public debate over the election fraud claims that he made in his movie 2,000 Mules, which Barr says he doesn't hold any... Um, regard for, although he also, I don't think, has actually even seen the movie. All right. So if you could pick any two living Americans, living, living, any two living Americans to debate, who would it be and what would be the topic? Aaron?
2: I would go Chad Prather versus Greg Abbott on the topic of how much is enough in terms of importing uh, all of this lefty blue state business into the state of Texas. Hmm. Todd?
0: Just about any Pfizer or Big Pharma chief executive against Dell Big Tree. Not shocked you went there, and that's
1: a good call, too. Rachel, what do you
0: think?
5: All right, I'm going to throw a wrench in the plans and say, To uh, 1990, Joe Biden and
1: 2022,
5: Joe Biden on the issue of gay marriage. Oh,
1: or virtually any other issue for that matter. But yes, crime bills, abortion funding, pretty much everything. Yes. All right, let's get to our predictions. Rachel, we'll let you go first. Go ahead.
0: All
5: right, here's my prediction. I have a prop for this one. So my prediction is within four days, Starbucks, my friendly Capitol Hill Starbucks is going to kick me out because I change my name quite often. And I'm currently Ray Epps, for those of you who can't see it, because I love the fact that the Capitol Hill baristas have to call out Ray Epps every day. Um, but I'm pretty sure that I'm going to have to change my name and or be drinking a lot of spit. So I'm probably going to have to find a new coffee shop in a couple of days.
1: That is phenomenal. Absolutely. Ray Epps, your coffee is ready. That's great.
2: That's a great troll. Aaron, go ahead. Within five to ten years, it will be more difficult, or at least the penalties will be higher, for you to kill your unborn child in China than it will be in more than 50% of the United States, regardless of what happens with Roe.
1: That's sad. Although, on the optimistic front, you think we're going to make it another five to ten years. (laughs) There you go. So there's there's always a way to claim the win, Todd
0: uh the college football season uh this coming fall will have several examples of players being suspended for pronoun violations
1: you're really just a terrible person you just need to know that i'm not doing okay you're just you're just terrible really you're terrible uh my prediction is in the next 30 days Vladimir Putin will publicly offer Ukraine and the West a ceasefire. Claiming he has accomplished his major objectives in liberating the Russian-speaking segments of the country and desires no further escalation as he continues to play 4D chess and then attempts to frame himself then now as the peacemaker. He's the one that wants this to end. Hmm. He's He's already soared the value of his own ruble. He's making more money right now off of Russian oil than he ever has. Yesterday, he cut off 50% of Germany's natural gas supply. Today, he cut off 50% of Italy's. But remember all those stories you heard about adorable Molotov cocktail-throwing grandmothers and guys in green shirts and people on Snake Island's holding off entire Russian battalions and uh, Putin had cancer and would die and this thing uh, would be over and you two did a conference or concert and Jill Biden walked the streets just to just remember everything you were told about this was all a lie in terms of the coverage everything you were told was all a lie and the only we're basically unilaterally as a country funding the Ukrainian resistance when you look at the money. And and the Western economies are what's being destroyed by this. So whatever we were laundering through Ukraine, I hope it was worth hiding it. Rachel, good to see you as always. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, All right, we'll come back with hour two feedback Friday here in a moment. We're back with hour two live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Uh, I'm Steve Dace, he's Todd Erz and he's Aaron McIntyre. You are you. Let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D E A C E. We will be getting to some of your emails and other feedback here in just a few moments and just to kind of give you a little taste of what's coming. Uh, this is a note we got from Stan who says, Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, Pride Month is from Uranus. And I love the fact he closes that out with, you are welcome. (laughs) I thought that was actually the funniest line. (laughs) So that's just a little taste. Taste. Of what is to come, uh, you can also uh, like uh, us on Facebook, Me Parlor, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, uh, TikTok, and Instagram. And then you can also uh, look for me on Trump's Truth Social. Which reminds me, I haven't posted there in two days. Can they can they make that thing desktop accessible, please? Make what desktop? It, 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 truth Social. What oh, friggin' year f- is it, man? Forgot
2: what what that was.
1: Goodness. But when I remember to post over there, it's at real Steve Dace on Truth Social. And you can also get clips of the show free to watch, free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show as well. Don't forget the last name is d-e-a-c-e if you're a podcast listener we appreciate you so much because you're a big part uh, of our show in fact i think we might have our highest itunes rating that i've ever seen like right now so thank you for that please keep leaving us five star reviews if you like us now if you don't like us we would not ask you to lie of course but you might be asking what if we just kind of like it then we would certainly ask you to exaggerate we are not We are not beneath that at all, correct? No. Right. So we would ask you to exaggerate, but we would not ask you to lie. All right. So if you just kind of like it, just go right to five stars. Thank you. And thank you to all of you that have done that for us already. Don't forget, if you've got a question that you want answered in a future, ask me anything, put it inside your five-star review. And you'll go to the front of the line on an upcoming AMA, which the next one is coming up on Monday. And also remember to hit subscribe or follow. Thank you to all of you that have done those things for us here already. Let's get to Feedback Friday, part one, brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Mud Pie is now out for a limited time. Mine is on the way. And I cannot wait. It just... You know me, guys. I mean, I could could eat anything... Covered in chocolate. And the good news is every single flavor of Built Bar is covered in chocolate. That might have something to do with why I like them so much. But they're also the best tasting protein bar out there. And there's other good tasting protein bars, but they're so loaded with fillers and stuff to make them good tasting that they're just not easy on the tummy, man. And you pay for it and then not soon thereafter. And I don't have to worry about that with Built Bar. I travel with them, take them with me wherever I go. Uh, it's the healthiest snack in terms of good tasting snacking you've ever tried. So many great flavors, including the brand new Mud Pie. You can get 15% off when you go to built.com. That's the website for Built Bar at Bilt.com. B-U-I-L-T and use the promo code DACE to save 15% off. That's the promo code DACE to save 15% off your order when you go to built.com for Built Bar. All right. Shall we begin? Let's do it. I, I thought this was, I, I, I let off with this because I thought this was a, a fascinating theological angle to what has been going on with the destruction of womanhood in our culture. Lisa Tobias says, uh, Satan has always hated Eve. She gave, she gives birth to God's image bearers. The Bible says that the antichrist will have no regard for the desire of women and so this is why the spirit of the age is so eager and anxious to erase womanhood. What do you guys think of that?
0: Yeah, I've, I can't argue with it. And, you know, the targeting, it's, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, you know, y- you go with uh, original sin. I mean, man and woman both came down. Uh, uh, because of that but it was the frontal attack on woman in the absence of man which is the story which Steve has laid out for you many times before so I think this just fits the type of where the devil sees the Achilles heels because look at all these uh, all these women oftentimes, even when they're strongest, are alone. they're not where is their husband when they're going to the school? correct uh board meeting. So yeah, they are absolutely sensing a moment of isolation when men and women are not well bonded to one another, and you' go from divorce statistics to all other manner of things. Mm-hmm. that's evidence uh, of that. So yeah, I think he's right over the target.
2: Yeah. And uh, along the lines of what I mean, I, I think it's f- fundamentally the only the only reason why um, or the main reason, I guess we should say, why the spirit of the age is targeting and sometimes successfully. So women is because uh, of the original uh, just a copying or running it back of the original sin that Todd was talking about the man not, you know, where was Adam there? I think that's present, but unavailable. Exactly. Like a lot exactly. of the
1: men in today's culture, present, I, but unavailable.
2: I think we're just, we're just running that back. So yeah.
1: All right. This is from another Lisa. This is from Lisa Anstedt. She says, I'm an oncology RN and my hubby is in the medical device business. Uh, we spent the weekend recently in Orlando, Florida at the national intravenous nurses society meeting. There were quite a few sessions geared towards the LGBTQ uh, and their issues. Not sure how well attended those classes were. Most of the speakers, though, addressed bias and the horrific inequity or in- inequity in healthcare that I'm evidently unknowingly a part of. I've never seen anything like this at a national medical conference. I work in Tampa at a large university-based, uh, nine out of ten woke scale facility too. A few years ago, I had to take a three-hour CEU program, that's continuing ed, on LGBTQFU history uh, to continue working there. I'm 25 years in the hematology, oncology, infusion specialty. I have a great deal of experience, knowledge, and passion, but the degree to which an employer forces me to participate in this nonsense will lead me to leave nursing. What do tumors do when they're not irradiated? They, met, they metastasize. They metastasize. They spread. And this thing is absolutely everywhere. And you go back to the early days of COVID. And he might even be listening right now. There's a there's a buddy of mine uh, here locally who's a very accomplished doctor. And I heard secondhand that he kind of thought some of the stuff that we were doing and saying about COVID pushing back on it in the early days was reckless. And, um... My response was, after they got done with the law schools, they went on to the medical schools now. So first, we take away your legal protections. Natural law, laws of nature, nature's God, the Constitution, now even John Cornyn, and you are right, Todd, former federal judge, Texas Supreme Court judge, attorney general. Now he's on there talking about due process review of your constitutional rights. Because he went to a puke pagan law school. Because it doesn't matter which law school he went to, all of them, but like three are puke pagan law schools. And um, now, now since we got rid of your legal protections, natural law, laws of nature and nature's God, the Constitution, inalienable rights, God-given rights. Now that we got rid of your legal protections, we now take away your bodily autonomy, and we just go after. Now we go after. Now we do that. So we did this in the early 19th to mid 20th century in the law schools. We took them over. The spirit of the age did and uh, planted its uh, cancer there. And now in the late 20th century or the midway 21st century, it will do it now in the medical schools. And you have to understand that you yourself may be a patriot. You might be a patriot as a lawyer. You might be a patriot as a doctor. But the well that you drank your information from, is bad. The ground is bad. The ground is bad. And you cannot idolize your field. And you have to have some humility. Well, they wouldn't do this to me. They're, they're, it, it, yes, they will. Yes, they will. And we saw this during COVID. And then This same gentleman, once this became apparent, now had, you know, he got completely, pardon the expression, red-pilled on this, you know, within a few months, because he realized, oh, yeah, the same scam that I'm fighting against and, you know, serving and donating money to and and every other field has now invaded my own. I mean, we live in a society right now where several of the largest hospital systems in America won't give a child a kidney transplant if they have not taken the COVID jab and there is no benign or innocent rationale for that it's just as Aaron likes to say it's just demonic bro to force compliance to the state somebody said to me after my appearance on Tucker last night I like it you just seem to be not holding back recently I'm not You know why I'm not? Because what we're up against isn't holding back. So I'm going to respond to the threat level appropriately. There was a period of time a few years ago that I was concerned that we were going to instigate the other side to a level of radicalism that we would then not be prepared to confront And I was a little bit more concerned and more diplomatic during that period that those days are gone. Because I've seen in the last couple of years that there is no amount of diplomacy you could show. There is no amount of graciousness you can show. There's no amount of benefit of the doubt you could give. So, where it is then. And I and I, and I I partly did that because of my own instincts. These guys will tell you working with me, and Todd has known me for almost 20 years. My instinct is to go to DEF CON. Is it five always the worst, or is it one? Is it a count up or count down? One I can't is remember. is the worst. Okay. My instinct is to go to DEF CON one almost initially on virtually everything. That's just the way I'm wired. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. So, some of it was a check against my own you know my own preferences and and personality i i i i love the battle too much frankly i mean i i enjoy it i like it i i look for fights i really i feel at home i'm like the culture war equivalent of jeremy renner's character in the hurt locker where he just has to go back and walk the minefields again like i i just i'm not comfortable if something existential isn't occurring. <laughs> is that fair? Sure. No. Yeah. I'm, I, I will find, I'll find, I'll make a straw man if a real uh, uh, strong man doesn't exist to confront. But it's all out in the open now. And there's, there's no nice way for me to tell you, there's no gracious way for me to tell you that our culture is under demonic attack. That lockdowns were the worst, dumbest, and most immoral policy management decision in, in all of American history and maybe human history. And that the jab at best was a rushed, poisonous product with an escalating risk profile with, uh, from greedy companies that were overly incentivized by Operation Warp, Warp Speed to cut corners for billions of dollars. And at best is a proto-mark end times-level event in order to condition you for global compliance. Somewhere it's somewhere within those two tentpoles. I'm not really sure which of those where it is and within those, and it might be I'm not even sure which one of the two it is, but those it's within that framework to borrow John Cornet's term. It's within that framework. I don't know how else to respond. To the escalation of the enemy. And when I say the enemy, I'm not talking about Democrats. Not even talking about rhinos. I'm talking about the enemy. I'm not sure how else to respond to the escalation of the enemy. Without an escalation myself. I'm not sure what the proper response would be. Other than that. So to me, I'm I'm kind of a data and logic driven guy. This is just logical for me to do this. We have to redeem the time for the days are evil. And this is evil. This isn't. It's beyond immoral. It's beyond radical. It's evil. It's nihilistic. There's nothing good in it. It's just darkness. It's just pitch black Manifested. Black as tar. On a soul level. That's what it is. And if you don't think that or understand that. Then you're either dangerously naive or I'd like you to share with me. Whatever it is you are consuming because I could use a come down every now and then. We'll continue on here with another note in just a moment. Um, But first, our friends over at Eden Pure uh, Air Purifiers, I put them to the test, guys. I put them to the test. I put one of these things in my teenage son's room, who's in the middle of doing daily off-season workouts now for football season this fall. And he's a teenage boy. We were all teenage boys before. And we recall... We do produce a certain amount of odor at that age, right? So I put this to the test and put it in his room and I'm here to tell you now I can actually safely walk by his room again. I can't, I can't give it, you know, they gave me a whole litany of talking points and stuff here, but the best test I can tell you is I put this puppy in my teenage son's room and, um, you can breathe the free air again. That's what I can tell you. <laughs> All right. So um, if if you want to see if uh, it will do this for your teenage son's room or your pet or you've got litter boxes, um, uh, you've got somebody who likes to, who's got a cigar room in the house, whatever the challenge is in your home, uh, check it out right now. It's the best-selling Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. It's filterless as well. You won't have to replace the filters and buy filters forever. So it's filterless as well with their proprietary technology. And you can get it right now with the discount code Steve3. Use the discount code Steve3. Save 200 bucks on a three-pack and get free shipping when you go to EdenPureDeals.com. Eden, just like it sounds, EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code Steve3 to get $200 off plus free shipping. Um, let's go next to Sh- uh, Cheryl Alexander. And Cheryl wants to know, she's got a series of questions. Let's take these one at a time. How does DeSantis deal with Trump's branding of him? So these are all DeSantis Trump related. And I, th- I kind of thought they were fascinating. How does DeSantis deal with Trump, Trump's branding of him? Okay. And I'm not even sure what Trump's nickname for DeSantis would be in a, and uh what his you know trolling nickname for Ron would be what would it what would it Doe Desantis or something I guess I mean i don't i don't know you know, you know Trump's got a bit rotten, of a fold over belly rot
2: rotten rot. Rotten, rotten. <laughs> Rotten Ron doesn't, doesn't, Rotten Ron has red flag laws in Florida. Did you see that? Trump's, Trump's orbit is going after DeSantis on red flag laws today.
1: Why doesn't DeSantis, oh, do they have red flag laws in in Florida? Did he Mm -hmm. do that or did he inherit
2: those? He inherited those, but he hasn't repealed them.
1: Okay. If I'm Ron, why, you know, why not just turn around and say to Trump, if I'm so rotten, why the hell do you have residency in my state? Yeah. Why'd you move to my state? Why? Why? Why does everybody that comes to kiss your ring come to the Mar-a-Lago in my state, right? That's what I would do to turn it around. I wouldn't try to like match troll for troll. I'd try to be an adult and say, if it's so terrible, and what the hell are you doing living in my state? I mean, I, I just got, I just won my reelection by by 12 points or whatever the number is going to turn out to be. Are you really saying that many Florida Floridians are stupid? You know, what I mean, that's what I would do. Thoughts on that one?
0: Well, it's it's not either or. It's it it's both and in terms of the troll. I I he's clearly capable of doing the things that we were begging uh, Trump's opponents to do back in twenty sixteen, but they they just did not have the Constitution to do it. I I'm I'm not bold enough to do anything other than say let Desantis be Desantis to quote an old uh, uh, West Wing. Uh, line about uh, President Bartlett. Like he, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he doesn't have to be anything other than he is. If he, if he treats Donald Trump the way he is pursued, just about everything else, I think it's going to serve him just fine. And any choice away from DeSantis will not be because DeSantis didn't do a good job. I think it will just be because of a cult of personality around Donald Trump.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, I I think whatever happens, don't do don't don't do like Marco Rubio did. Do you remember that the like, Small Hands? Yeah. Yeah. Remember like the two or three days where he was just really going after Trump yeah. on a personal level. Yeah. And then he like apologized and then he just watched. Whatever you do, don't do that. Then he looked in the just, mirror and realized
1: he was Marco Rubio.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Um Make sure if, if you attack Trump or try to try to troll at that level, you go all the way. That's, so along those lines, just yeah. let him go. Just let him go. And I think his advisors, as currently constructed around him, kind of understand that.
1: What will the branding be? I think we kind of, I like, you know, we came up with Doe, DeSantis, Rotten Ron. You have one? Are you like, you, th- you think it would be something along those lines? If, he might not even try it. I could see that too.
0: Um, I don't know. He'll probably pick a girl's name or something like that.
1: A girl's name. Like Rachel, call her, call him, call him Rachel DeSantis. Roberta DeSantis. Okay. Does anyone know what their current relationship is like? I I don't know, you know, and I, I do know Ron DeSantis wouldn't have been governor of Florida without Trump. I do know that. So they have some level of relationship. And, I, you know, what it currently is, whether it's frayed or not, that I, that I don't know. Um, number five, is Trump less relevant to his base because he's out of office and not a real player except endorsements? No, his, en- his endorsements show that he is still a very real player to his base. He's just not a real player when it comes to the national conversation and policy um, because he's not a candidate. But he's absolutely still a real player to his base for sure. I mean, no question about it. I don't think Mehmet Oz is going to win in November, but he wouldn't even been the nominee without Trump. So, yeah, you bet he's a real player to his base.
0: The main reason he's a real player to his base is because he and his base very much want the same thing. They want the schadenfreude of beating Biden and getting back into that White House.
1: So I, I would, I'm going to go to... And this is from Cheryl Alexander that's asking these questions. Cheryl, I'm going to go to your closing statement because I think your closing statement actually answers number six, your final question. Your closing st- st- statement is, this is going to be interesting and it's a win-win for me because I'd like to see it be DeSantis, but I can definitely live with Trump again. Okay? So table that. Here's her sixth and final question. Um, what... Are what's DeSantis's Achilles heel? What you just articulated. I'm not sure you realized it, but what you just articulated is DeSantis' Achilles heel. That enough people don't see that the level in in I said just a minute ago. That, that there would Ron DeSantis would not be Governor of Florida without Donald Trump, I just said that like literally a minute ago, mm-hmm. right? Ron DeSantis, though, is the fulfillment of what a lot of people thought Trump was going to be, and i I agree that that some of the reason that Trump did not fulfill that promise was not his fault. I do agree with that i don't I don't let him completely off the hook as a lot of you do though because I don't need to. I don't need to, you know, be coddled. He's not a victim. He still hired the terrible staff that he did. He still allowed himself to be subjected to Jared Kushner. But, but it's, there's no question he faced from his own party, from the system. Um, an unprecedented amount of obfuscation, of blockage. No question about that. I don't know how you could debate that. We can debate what the ratio is that he's responsible for not overcoming and, and figuring out a way around. We can debate that. Fair? Yeah. But we, we cannot debate. I mean, they, they tried multiple coup attempts out in the open. We cannot debate that. That's not a debatable point. What's debatable is is what our expectations should have been and how successful Trump could have been and and in, in spite of that. That's what's debatable. What's not debatable is what they tried to do to stop him. In DeSantis's case, cuz a lot of you say, "Well, they'll just do the same thing to DeSantis." Of course they will. But now we have a proof of concept that he he can govern. And, and this is not an inconsequential state. It is the third Largest state in the union. A third largest state. This is, this is a state, this is the most expensive political state in the union. Because California is not really competitive statewide for Republicans and Texas isn't really competitive statewide for Democrats. So what's the next largest state? Florida. And it's competitive statewide for both sides. More money is spent in Florida each election cycle. Now it won't be this one. It won't, that won't be the case this one. So thoughts and prayers to the TV ad buyers <laughs> and, and commercial reps throughout the state of Florida. You're going to have, I'm just going to warn you right now, scale down your Christmas lists. Okay? Because you're not getting the kind of money this, this year that you're accustomed to. Because DeSantis is going to name the score. And so he'll be the reason why that won't be the case this year for like the first time in our friggin' lives. But prior to him, you bet more money was spent here politically in each general election cycle than just about any state in the union. In other words, this is, this is quite the proving ground. You're not, you're not taking somebody that, you know, this is like drafting an Alabama quarterback to run your team. Has he already faced the best competition? Hell, he probably faced the best defense of college football every practice all year round, or certainly one of the top three or four, right? Yeah. Did he play already in the biggest games? So it doesn't mean they all will work out, but there's a resume there that you don't get if you're drafting a guy at Stanford who has all the measurables and everything you're looking at. He's not, he does not face that level of competition. He's not been in that level of fire. Doesn't mean he won't be a better player. It just means. He doesn't come to the table with that level of resume. Ron does. So you've got an idea. And, and without Trump on the national stage, front and center, who has largely been the face of the GOP opposition since Trump went away? DeSantis has been. And he has crushed these people. He has made his enemies a footstool beneath him. Pun intended. So you have a proof of concept here that he is the fulfillment of what people hope for in Trump. Trump was the herald. DeSantis is the doer. But if people are just like, you know, I'm okay with which, whichever one it is. Ron cannot win. Cannot win. Ron, I believe, can only win if the threat level is appropriately acknowledged, and then, and then we are convicted. That's the level we have to confront. If on any level we're just content with a certain level of show, (laughs) well, there you go. Then that well, now you know I don't think he can win, and Mm -hmm. I'm not even convinced he's going to run. Okay, so. Our colleague, Dave Rubin, said the other day, these two guys should just get together and figure it out. That's a, that, I agree. It's just, I got to say to Dave, do you even Donald Trump, bro? I mean, uh, <laughs> does Donald Trump strike you as the proactive, preemptive, hey, this guy is moving into my territory. Let's let's make a deal. Does, that, does he strike you as that kind of guy? No. no. Yeah, I don't see that happening. So... That's that's DeSantis' Achilles heel. Is is if people are contented with either one, then they won't he can't win. He can only win if people see, you know what, we we have to we we now need to bring a, a different level of weapon to the table than let's just, you know, let's do let's run it back what we did before. If you're content with running it back than you did before, DeSantis cannot win, in my view. More feedback Friday in a moment. If you are a pet owner, and we are, we've got our dog Cap, and he's had to wear the cone of shame the last couple of weeks because he had to have a non-cancerous lump on his belly removed, um, and they didn't want him, you know, clawing and itching at his at his stitches. So Cap had to wear the cone of shame the last couple of weeks. It, it got taken off this morning at the vet. Uh, my wife sent me a video of. Cap losing it on the carpet without that cone, itching everything he couldn't itch the last two weeks, scratching everything on his neck he couldn't scratch, etc. And just another reminder that uh, those those. Puppies, those pets, are a big part of your family. Um, It's about more than just feeding it, giving it water. It's about its health and happiness as well. And that's where our friends over at Rough Greens come in because uh, just like we do or they do with the people food these days, that's why we're taking so many supplements these days. Because a lot of the good stuff we need has been stripped out of our food. Before it ever leaves the factory for mass distribution. And the same thing happens to the food that our pets consume as well. And now they've got a supplement just for them. It's called Rough Greens. You mix it in with your dog's food as a powder. And that helps to restore a lot of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients missing from what your dog is eating every day. But you might be wondering, maybe it won't work. Maybe my dog won't like it. That's why we want to offer you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. You will pay for the shipping, okay, because... You're more likely to use it if you have a little skin in the game than if we just give you everything for free, right? As as capitalists, we should understand here that owning things, having a stake, being a stakeholder in things, gives you an incentive to actually take care of and try things, as opposed to just being um, you know ubi'd. Right. That's why we oppose things like that. Right. That's why we want you to pay for the shipping so that you have some investment in this. But we'll give you that first fourteen-day jumpstart bag for free when you go to RoughGreens.com. R-U-F-F for RoughGreens.com, or you can call them to take advantage of this deal at eight three three Rough Dog. Let's go back to uh, Feedback Friday. This is from Brian. About ten years ago, my little girl, uh, then ten was found to have been molested by her mom's boyfriend and worse. She told her mom several times and her mom chose the boyfriend's money over the truth. I've always believed in God, but I wasn't saved back then. I battled for a long time to ask him why he would allow such evil to happen to my baby. Hate engulfed my soul, but I loved my girl and did everything I could for her. Um, I wanted, even now that I'm converted, I wanted and still do at times to beat or kill her abuser I met a great woman and last year joined her church and we got married. I got baptized on May 15th. I still struggle with forgiving that abuser and my ex-wife. How as a Christian do I do this? You guys not only make my days, but help me find a good path for my God, for God and my wife. So uh, we pray for you and your families as well. God bless. You want to take this one first? God don't?
0: Has he come? Has, your, has he come and asked you for forgiveness? uh yes you, you and you, you you need to figure out a way and it seems like you have you just got baptized you're getting closer to god the the fact that you have these uh instincts is healthy you're a a dude uh and quite listen i mean di- uh the divorce happened i don't know all the reasons behind that there are uh you know there's Issues there that opened up the chasm with which your daughter got swallowed up in. But you're getting closer to God. I, I, I pray you're never so numb that you don't have these instincts. It's clearly compatible with God uh, that you do. If you were going in the opposite direction, you would need to have a, find a level of forgiveness for the for the simple reality that this did happen like you you made the point how could god allow this god didn't allow this everybody else did god god in no way wanted this god god was begging and pleading in this situation and for all of human existence don't do this follow me okay that's what you would have to reconcile it's it's reconcile it seems like you have so i don't think you need to do anything as long as this is legit and what you're saying, Aaron, and it is not more consuming for me than you, than you let me on. Well, all I'm hearing is actually a healthy instinct and you are getting closer to God. You have a better relationship with him now than you've ever had in your life. But the only next thing you would have to do. Yes. And here's a challenging part of our faith. If that person who did that genuinely and legitimately came to you on his knees, weeping and said, I'm sorry. Yes, we are called to forgive that man. I don't see that as any part of this equation right now. So
1: Let's, I mentioned on the show the other day, I'm I'm struggling with a loss of empathy. And a lot of you sent me some great uh, and encouraging notes along those lines, which I really appreciate. And one person made a point that really, several of you did, but one point that really hit home with me is to remind myself of my own sinfulness. Remind myself of my own sinfulness that God uh, overlooks. And has, uh, because of uh, what Christ has done for me, um, that God overlooks daily, hourly. Because by my own admission, I just said yesterday, I mean, you don't want to follow me around all the time and and find out what's going on in my head all the time or what I'm thinking all the time. There'd be all kinds of things that would be um, detrimental, if not anathema, to what I claim to believe, because I'm still a sinner. I'm still human. And the fact that God never runs out of empathy for me. Despite what I do to disobey him may help to restore some of the empathy that I have lost and I, I thought that was humbling and a, and a great thought. Here's how I think this may apply to Brian what you're asking. Because I agree completely with Todd about the instincts that you are feeling um, are, are God-given natural instincts. When God revealed his law to the Jewish people, folks that did what this man did to your family were to be severely punished if not executed for it. Those who think they may get away with it in this life, if they do not seek the repentance and forgiveness that Todd is talking about, they will be tormented forever in the life to come. So your instincts to want to punish, avenge this evil on this, this creature that you made and love, I agree with Todd, completely aligns with the instincts of your heavenly father. So what where does forgiveness fit in here? I don't I think we should first of all define forgiveness. If I am not in Christ, God will not forgive me my sins. The same God who fearfully and wonderfully made me, who counted all the hairs on my head, who sent his son to die for me, will force me to be accountable for everything I have done, which is substantial. Everything I have done to disavow, disobey, We don't. We do sin against each other, but more so, we sin against God. And so, this is uh, this is when Todd says, "Has he come to you in repentance or rest, seeking it?" The biblical equivalent to that is. Outside the blood of, of Jesus, as the song says, nothing but the blood of Je- what shall watch me white as snow, nothing but the blood of Jesus, which means without that, all the blood's on my hands. And I will be given the due and just penalty for my sins by my creator without that seeking of repentance in Christ. The kind of forgiveness, though, I think you're talking about is, 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 if I can interpret his note a different way, I think he is struggling with bitterness consuming him, hatred consuming him. And that's kind of what I meant the other day when I said, I'm losing my empathy. And that is that is where Christ says to his disciples... Seven times 70. How many times do we forgive? Seven times 70. But the same Christ who says that when he's on a cross flanked by two criminals and one of them admits he's a criminal and deserves death, he forgives him eternally, says today you'll be with me in paradise, but right after you're done dying up on the cross for what you did uh, to violate the law. See the distinction there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. You today, you'll join me in paradise, but right after you get done paying for what you did here, that led you to getting on this cross. That has to that has to go down first. And I think I think that's what 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 you're probably alluding to. This we have conflated the terms consequences and condemnation in our culture. I will not be condemned for my sins for eternity because I am in Christ. And there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But the idea that I will not face consequences for them. If I go out here in the parking lot and run somebody over. And then try to get away with it. Don't report it to cops. Just take off. Drive off. I'm going to face the consequences for that action. If after facing those consequences, I am genuinely destroyed and repentant for what I did. Will I now face eternal condemnation from Christ? No. But will Christ say, let him out of prison. He asked for forgiveness and really meant it. Nope. Just like he looked at the guy next to him on the cross and said, you'll join me today in paradise. But that'll come after. Yeah, faced the due penalty for whatever he did that put you up on the cross in the first place. And see, I think we have conflated these things. Because we think that God is we, we have we have we think that love is God, not that God is love. It's the same source of love that stretches his arms wide open on a cross for his enemies, that then all but, but also at other times looks at the Israelites and says, You guys are my urban renewal plan. Head on in there and uh, clean up the mess of which it is substantial. And so, if you're if you're struggling with forgiveness in the sense of I shouldn't feel these instincts anymore to to want to defend and avenge my daughter. I agree completely with what Todd said. If that's how, if that's the note that you, if that's the context you meant your note. I read your note and took it in the context of you were, you, you, were, you thought, I, I'm, you're concerned that, hey, this is stealing my joy as a believer. I'm drowning in this bitterness. And holding on to this grudge isn't, he, it's not making him repent. He's not feeling any more guilty for it, Right. So who's the only one paying for you holding that grudge? You are. Yep. I, th- I took it that you meant it in that context. So I I like the fact that we each took it a different way and how we thought you meant what you meant. And so in that case, you've got kind of both of our angles of potentially to what you truly meant kind of covered here. Do you want to add to this at all, Aaron?
2: Yeah, I would. Forgiveness, I think when we hear forgiveness, we we hear... Forgiveness, and we think about it in a very flowery, pristine, um, romantic way. Guys, seriously, uh, forgiveness is a serious thing. It's a very serious prospect. There's a reason you must model that to your children. There's a reason you must instill that within your children. Because the most important thing any of us can ever do in our entire lives is understand the forgiveness that we had from our Savior eternally. It's a serious, serious thing. And it's also a very powerful thing as well. Why did we have a summer of race riots in 2020? After the death of George Floyd. But we didn't have them in what was it, uh, Columbia, South Carolina, or was it Greenville, South Carolina, after Dylan Roof went into a mm-hmm, church mm-hmm, and shot it up?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I've always maintained, and I always will maintain, that because in the before the bodies were even cold, the families of those who were shot and killed by Dylan Roof went and forgave him to his face. So on the one hand... You probably should not feel this tension that you're feeling just because I need to, I need to forget because that's a Christian thing to do. You need to be considering, I think, this proposition. I think what you just brought up, Steve, the only person that this is affecting now is you. I think that's actually the key here. Are you in a position? Are you in a position where you can honestly look at yourself in the mirror and say, I desire... I desire the peace that can only be found in a relationship with my creator more than I want to be consumed, justifiably so, by the hatred and anger, righteous anger that I have in my heart for this individual. Hmm. Now that doesn't absolve that individual because they're unrepentant. That doesn't mean you're going to let your wife or uh, maybe uh, you know female relations around that individual. That is a consequence that's the earthly consequence. But at this point, the only person that this is damaging is you. Todd is absolutely right. The righteous anger that you feel is righteous but if can't con- but if it gets in the way in the peace, the eternal peace, that doesn't mean the relaxing sense the piece that you have that it can only be found in a relationship with your creator, that's when it becomes a problem. If you are getting
1: involved in the real estate market during these unprecedented times, make sure you go in guided by a real estate agent. You can trust someone who has a fully vetted and verified track record of success. Now, where would you find this person? Well, the name kind of says it all. We, We made the name for you as simple as we possibly could. Realestateagentsitrust.com is where you want to go. That's a company started by Glenn Beck and his associates because they, in past eras, ran into real estate agents. They found out too late they couldn't trust, and so they wanted to make sure no one else had to suffer the same fate. So just about anywhere you want to move out of or move to, we can help you, probably. Uh, When you go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, head over to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. com. That's going to just about do it for us here on a Friday. We're going to stick around and tape the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll see you on Monday after a great weekend, we hope. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.